Today on the show, we'll be talking with Associate Professor Pauline Bennett, who's joining us on the line. And Pauline combines her work at Latrobe with a range of community activities and services designed to improve human companion animal relationship. She also leads a very busy and very productive research group, which is Anthrozoology Research Group, and is a director and chair of the Australian Anthrozoology. Anthrozoology Research Foundation. That's a mouthful, Pauline, isn't it? <laughs> it is a mouthful, isn't it? It's got lots of people. <laughs> Tell me, what does that involve? So anthrozoology just means human animal. So anthro means human, zoo means animal. So what I am interested in is the way that humans and animals get on together, particularly in urban environments. Look, that's one topic we love talking about on Pet Chat because we've got thousands of years of human behaviour linked with with dogs and humans have also bred dogs over the past hundreds of years to, to work with them, whether it be on the land or in the fields. Um, and you've actually based a lot of research on this kind of work then. I have. I've been sort of doing this for about 15 years now. I'm asking and answering questions about people's relationships with their dogs and cats, mostly dogs, but a little bit of stuff with cats and, and birds and other animals as well. And I have a bunch of students, PhD students, and every year they pick a topic about human-animal relationships and that's what they do their research on. So we've been able to answer lots of really fun and um, important questions. Can you then elaborate on some of the research that you have been able to find? Okay, so we look at particularly we've done a lot of work with dog welfare and dogs in shelters and how we can help dogs find the right home to go into. Um, we're interested in breeding and how people breed the very best dogs for the world that we live in today because, of course, not all dogs are equally well suited for the environments that we're able to provide them with. The dogs that used to be really good living with humans who were living in small tribes and walking for millions of miles across, you know, vast areas of land aren't necessarily the best dogs that you want living in a tiny little apartment where yeah. you don't have much time and so, so it's about matching people with their dogs and more and more we're getting into specific health issues and also conservation issues and um, agricultural issues where dogs are still working to help people but in different ways than they used to. So for example one of the projects I'm really interested in at the moment is dogs that can help people with diabetes by telling them when their blood sugar levels are either too high or too low. So if you've got diabetes, you have to keep your blood sugar within a certain level to be healthy and functioning well. And too high or too low is a problem for you. And up until now, often the only way that you knew your blood sugar was going too high or too low is that you felt really sick or you collapsed or all sorts of awful things could happen. And there's now some dogs that can tell by your behaviour or by how you smell, whether your blood sugar is going up or down and can tell you, hey, you have to do something about this now. And, and that, for some people, is a lifesaver. So these, these dogs are out in the field doing this day in, day out now with, with their human companions? They are, but there's a, it's a little bit tricky because, of course, a lot of people get involved in this because it's such a good idea. People jump on it and there's, you know, there's, good and bad dog trainers and there's sometimes the dogs don't do what you think they're doing. Or so, so what I'm interested in is finding ways of training and accrediting dogs to do these things so that we actually know that the dogs that are doing this are doing what we, we want them to do. So there's been a little bit of research in the area and there was a study in the UK last year 
uh, that a friend of mine did, and she showed that, yes, these dogs, once they're trained and they're in the homes of people with diabetes, those people have less ambulance trips to hospital and things like that. Now, that may be because the dogs are really good at their job, or it could just be because people feel more relaxed and are less stressed about it and less panic-stricken. So part of the advantage of these dogs is a social support type um, function, and part of it is actually telling you when your blood sugar is going up and down. That is amazing, and I guess you have to be sure that 100% of the time the dog will uh, uh, scent that blood sugar level raising or, or lowering. Yeah, you'd want to be pretty confident, wouldn't you, because your life sort of depends on it a little bit that you are getting, you know, if you've got a dog as an early warning system, you want to know that it's working. And there's no doubt that they can do it, but whether they are doing it or not doing it is something that's really hard to tell. So what the project that I'm trying to get going now is looking at developing a little device that we can use um, that can, can kind of pretend simulate diabetes and if we can get a dog to switch onto that then we can use that for continually monitoring whether they're working or not. And does your research investigate is there any particular breeds that are better suited to this type of work than others? We haven't got to that level yet because this is such a new area it's not something that people have gone down into that level of breeds but you would imagine if you want a dog that's going to be detecting high and low blood pressure you want a dog that cares about you a lot. You know, you want a dog that's in your space and close to you most of the time. These are dogs that are kind of on duty 24-7. So you want a dog that's fairly alert and you know, switched on and things like that. You, you, and, of course, if you're going to take a dog everywhere you go, you want a dog that's friendly and fairly relaxed and easy to live with. So there are characteristics of the dog that would be important, but we haven't got down to the level of breed yet. And... And in your research, have you found out how long it would take to train up a dog to be able to be um, effective like this for diabetes sufferers? Yeah, I haven't done that research, but people are training them, and some people say that they can do it in about eight weeks. Now, wow. you know, I'd, I'd really like to evaluate that and see it and find out how many dogs are able to learn it in that length of time. And, you know, there's a million different research questions that really should be answered before we start pushing dogs to do these jobs. It doesn't mean they can't do it, but there's lots of questions around it. And, of course, I'm a researcher, so that's what I do is ask questions all my life. Now, um, the way I came across your name was uh, part of the non-for-profit uh, organisation that you're, you're helping out with these causes. Can you tell us a little bit about the organisation and if someone would like to donate, how they can do that? I can. That would be great, Daniel. So I set up a foundation a few years ago now because I work in this area and, of course, it's an area that doesn't get a lot of government support. You know, we, we don't have... Um, Governments paying us to train dogs to sniff out diabetes, whereas they will pay for drug development and things like that. But I think that yes. the human-animal interface is really important. And for a lot of people, their pets are way more important in terms of maintaining their health than are pharmaceuticals and all that sort of stuff. So I, I really wanted to get... That's true. Yes, it is. You know, and everybody who knows about animals gets this immediately, how important they are in people's lives and in a million different ways. Would you say that goes back to the link that humans have had over thousands of years living with dogs and working with dogs and that dogs have been part of our survival? 
I think it probably does, but also I think that today's world is such a, uh, you know, I kind of like to say dysfunctional, but that's probably not the right word, but we are so stressed and our lives are so different from how we evolved to be that I think dogs are doing new roles that probably they didn't need to do before because we had many more children and we had extended families and we lived in communities and in some ways dogs are performing that role of community that humans used to do. Yes. But getting back to the foundation, so this is... This is a foundation that I set up with some friends and it's to raise money to do human-animal relationship research because I have a whole lot of students who want to work in this area and want to do really important studies but I can't get money to fund them to do that. And um, Latrobe pays my wages, for which I'm very grateful, but I need help to support my students. So we set up a foundation called the Australian Anthrozoology Research Foundation and what that's about is raising money to help support students who are doing projects in human-animal areas. So at the moment, we have a campaign where we're trying to get money for this Diabetes Alert Dog project. And if people want to donate to that, they can actually they can do that just by clicking a button online. And we've also got some other supporters involved in that, so you can win prizes for donating and things like that, which is really great. That's really great. What, do you happen to have the website address? I do. If you do www.anthrozoologyfoundation.org, and of course you need to spell anthrozoology correctly, so it's A-N-T-H-R-O and then zoology. Okay. And that's all one word. So www.anthrozoologyfoundation.org. Well, Pauline, thank you very much for your time. It is such... um such important work that you are doing, actually, and uh, animals have always, I believe, helped the human humankind over thousands of years, and it's great to see that they're still helping, but in different ways these days with, with our health issues, and uh, this is just one way in terms of the diabetes that they're helping, and over time we've even spoken to Delta Society who go into nursing homes and so forth, how they're helping with depression. So, no, excellent work. Thank you for your time. Thank you, Daniel.